Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. It's time now for Market View. I'm Elliot Danker together with Chua Tian Tian. If you're a fan of the Korean drama crash landing into you, we could be getting some spin-offs. <laughs> That's quite possible on the back of what was announced on uh, South Korean markets. Uh, but first, Tian Tian, uh, let's get a recap of uh, how we started the day. Oh, you're making me very happy talking about Korean dramas. I, I would assume, end of the workday. I would assume you really enjoyed that series. <laughs> I didn't watch that series. Huh? It was one of the few that I made. Missed out. I was busy working, you know. Be? Oh yeah, it was a height of pandemic. Time to right? catch up. Yes. Okay. Yes. But so Singapore shares fell this morning mm. after global markets closed mixed or flat overnight and early trade. The STI was down zero point one percent to three thousand three hundred and twenty two points after some forty one million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, after the closing numbers, the STI closed down zero point eight four percent. We're looking at three thousand two hundred and ninety six points in terms of value. To Turnover that's about 1.12 billion Sing dollars. Gainers trailed losers 231 versus 326. Top advances for today TCIL Hong Kong dollars, Cortina and Southern Packaging. Top decliners JMHUSD, Jardin Cycle and Carriage, and OCBC Bank. Now, some notable names seeing developments include a Capital Land. China Trust because the trust posted a 1.6% dip in net property income to around 339 million yuan or 65 million sing dollars for the first quarter of FY 2023. Meanwhile, a busy day for Asia which saw a deepening sell-off in Chinese equities and Netflix announcing plans to invest up to 2.5 billion US dollars in South Korea over four years to produce Korean TV series. Double the amount the firm has invested in the market since 2016. More Korean dramas, Elliot? Mm, not a huge Korean drama fan, but I I can see how a lot of people will want to, you know, enjoy this this wave of Korean drama. Yeah, I wanted to see what's next, really. And uh, joining us on the line mm. as we break down all the details you need to know is uh, Robert Sinclair, Managing Director and Strategist at Fullerton Fund Management. Robert, welcome to the show. Yes, good evening. Uh, pleasure to speak with you. And uh, Robert, let's start with the usuals. How did the STI fare today? Yeah, so as you outlined, I think the STI was down by about 0.8%. Um, um, some of the key gainers um, against the fall was uh, DBS and, of course, Capital Land, I think you mentioned as well, and, and UOL. So it's kind of been a feature of financials and uh, real estate doing relatively better uh, against the tide. And, of course, uh, the key key fallers uh, was across the JM Holdings, which I think is a reflection mm. of links to industrials and, of course, to, to China. Um, so I think overall, this kind of relative weakness we're seeing in the STI is consistent with the general mood across Asia at the moment. Robert, uh, looking at the biggest movers for today, uh, any comments on that? Did it surprise you in any way? Um, no, as I say, I think that um, uh, the, I guess the sectors most closely aligned to Singapore, like financials and mm. real estate, given the domestic market, that one did relatively better, and those with more links to uh, China and Asia uh, perhaps suffered more, given uh, you know people are a bit more cautious on where the China rally and recovery is at the moment. And also, I think what's on investors' minds too. Uh, is we will get a bit more clarity on potential recession risk in the U.S. as their GDP for Q1 comes out this week. 
Mm, and we are seeing some developments, uh, Robert, with regards to uh, several S-REITs focusing on China. And in particular, Capital Land China Trust posted a 1.6% dip in net property income for Q1. And uh, on the other hand, or similarly rather, I should say, Dasin Retail Trust said yesterday that it terminated two leases in its malls in China. What clues can we gain on the extent of China's economic recovery and what is the outlook for S-REIT with a substantial exposure to China? Yeah, so it has been a bit of a volatile market for uh, Singapore REITs uh, this year. I mean, uh, some of the key drivers on the positive side have been those REITs links to industrials, healthcare and the retail sector. And I guess looking forward, um, it should be the case that the improvement in China's real estate sector does have positive spillovers to Singapore REITs with uh, China exposures. I think the important thing for investors to keep in mind at this stage um, is that China's real estate sector really is only just unfolding now towards positive territory. So we've only seen uh, the March data uh, for uh, house sales, that was a positive 7% year-on-year growth. Um, so that's encouraging. Uh, the construction pipeline in China is still quite tight, so that is perhaps helping house prices to bottom. So I think it's as we move into the second half of this year, it will mm. take time for the benefits to feed through. But REITs that are exposed to China should benefit, especially as house prices improve. But that's going to be more of a second-half story, I think. All right. Uh, Robert, staying with China, the deepening sell-off in Chinese equities that we've been seeing of late. Uh, The MSCI down as much as 2% today. Traders citing geopolitical tensions as a key deterrent. Um, Let's talk about the extent of these risks. I mean, how, how far does it go in terms of limiting China's rebound for this year, at least? Yeah, so I mean, I, th- I think it's a fair assessment that, of course, the geopolitical concerns are um, a potential headwind, and I guess that uncertainty has been with us for um, a wee while. But I think perhaps the, the bigger uncertainty that investors are still grappling with is that we have seen China's activity data has been very strong across retail sales, industrial production. It's beaten consensus expectations. But the key thing um, that is holding investors back and that they're still waiting for is for the stronger economic data to be realised in earnings growth expectations. So we're not seeing that yet. Uh, It should come through, uh, especially in the second half of the year, just given how much, of course, the activity data has surprised on the upside. But I guess the other encouraging positive out of China, of course, is that the low inflation in the cost of production could also help uh, improve profitability. So I think net-net, we still have the geopolitical uncertainties, but I think Mm. the bigger issue for investors is when will the stronger macro become stronger earnings. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Robert Sinclair, Managing Director and Strategist at Fullerton Fund Management. Uh, Rob, South Korea has announced better than expected economic growth. We're talking about 0.3% for the first quarter of the year. Uh, It's dodging a technical recession here. So to what extent was this within your expectations? Yeah, I think it did uh, fit pretty well with our expectations and also the consensus. Um, The survey prospect of Korea avoiding a recession this year has still been quite high. So the consensus had judged that at around a 70% chance of avoiding recession. And that seems to have happened so far. Um, The consensus view was that Q1 GDP growth would be the weakest. There is a forecast pickup uh, as the year progresses. And uh, Korea can claw its way back to around 2% uh, by the end of the year. So I think 
still positive signposts within consensus expectations at the moment. Mm, and meanwhile, this really excites me. I, I'm not sure whether Elliot, you're excited by all that Korean drama and Netflix. Uh, <laughs> Netflix said today it plans to invest 2.5 billion US dollars in South Korea over four years to produce Korean TV series, which is double the amount the company has invested in the market since 2016. Now, media stocks rallied earlier, but still wasn't enough to stave off losses in the broader Korean market. Why is this the case? Um, yeah, I, I think uh, the key thing, of course, is that as exciting as it is to have uh, new opportunities within Netflix and especially um, across Korea, in terms of the key drivers of the market there, uh, Korea is still very sensitive to consumer electronics, new industrials, and of course, the demand from China. Um, so I think that's probably one reason why uh, the news kind of got uh, offset by the concerns about China's recovery. I think if we're looking forward, um, Korea should benefit from stronger demand from China. And of course, the domestic growth rebound uh, is good for domestic uh, telecommunications and such. But I think mm. that um, at least from Korea's perspective, uh, it is a key trading partner with China, as is Japan. And so I guess the weakness that we are seeing at the moment is this uncertainty about when stronger demand will come through from China. Uh, but I think that Korea is uh, well positioned to transition through this phase uh, where investors are in a wait-and-see mode for stronger earnings growth to come. Mm. A quick question before we let you go, Robert. Anything we should be keeping a lookout for as far as Asia is concerned for this week? Yeah, so I think the important releases will be we'll get a bit more clarity on just the economic outlook in the US. People are still concerned about uh, recession risks, so we do get US Q1 GDP uh, on 27 April. Um, mm. The consensus expects quite a, a nice positive number, 1.8%, but there is a wide range of views around that from the very positive plus 3% to actually a negative uh, or a fall in GDP. And then the next day on the 28th of April, we will get insight into the Fed's favourite measure for inflation. That's uh, the, from the national accounts, the PCE yeah. inflation. Um, that is expected at around 4.8%. So it's still quite high, still sticky, but we will get more clarity on US recession risk and that will help investors, I think, in Asia have a better sense of where we are in the cycle. Mm. All right. Thanks a lot, Robert. That was Robert Sinclair, Managing Director and Strategist at Fullerton Fund Management. Always a pleasure speaking and thank you for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Indeed. Thank you so much. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.